Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've been promising that we were going to have a new co-host here shortly, and she is in the building. We're going to introduce her very shortly. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? I am excellent. Excellent? Every day. That's I'm good. excellent. That's above good and okay. That's, that's good. As long as you're above decent, that's always yeah. Yeah, that's always good. So let's introduce you. So uh, I, do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want me to come up with a long introduction? What do you want me to do? That's not needed. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> uh, I'm Tanya D. I am the creator and host of Urban Sweet Talk Podcast. Um, I started in podcasting. Well, it wasn't really podcasting then. When I first started my show, it was 2013, and that was more or less like an internet radio. Okay. So it was very interactive, and then right when the podcasting world started taking off, I jumped on the board, and here I am. There you go. And so uh, I'm really excited about you joining this podcast and what is going to come. I've been promising changes to everyone, and I want everyone to stick with us as we kind of find our groove and find the new direction of the podcast together. Uh, you guys are going to see some changes right away, of course, obviously, but we're really refocusing this show. And so um, yeah. in, in in joining the show as the new uh, as, as my new co-host, like what are some of the things that you hope to achieve, some of the things you hope to like bring to the table all that gets us so the listeners can kind of get familiar with you. Well, for me, I'm very transparent. I know a lot of people say that, but I'm honest to a fault uh, most times and sometimes to my own detriment, but so be it. Um, I'm a pretty fair person, so I'm not really one side or the other. I straddle the fence a lot of times, okay. but that's only because I can zoom out and see big pictures. And um, fun, and I say things, and I cuss sometimes. <laughs> we all do. We all do. So this is a safe space. Curse to your heart's content. Um, don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm, I try not <laughs> I'm to, but that doesn't mean you don't have to. You do you. <laughs> um, so uh, are you uh, like with? I know your 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 podcast dropped today, correct? Absolutely. So. Make sure you guys go and check that out. And that's also going to be a part of the Breaks Media going forward. So it's like a, a it's a joining of families here. And I'm really looking forward mm -hmm. to that. And so uh, we'll, be, we'll continue that relationship and building that out. Um, but are you ready to get into the topics, I guess? Let's do it. Let's do it. Love. Love. Lust. Lust. And battles. So. is uh, Maurice Willoughby, uh, a young man. He committed suicide after being bullied for dating a trans woman. And so this story you would have saw all over social media about a week ago. And it's something that I really wanted to talk about because as we get into the space where we're talking about trans women are women, but yet we're still living in a, in a period where men are being quote unquote exposed for dating trans women or bullied like this. And unfortunately this time it ended up in this man committing suicide. So what was your reaction to like the story at first? Um, well, at first I didn't really know what was going on because it was a hashtag. So it was hashtag RIP Reese. 
And I'm like, damn, Reese Witherspoon died. But then I had to figure out what was going on. And it, like, it's by his, you know, nickname, which is, you know, his name is Maurice. So it was Reese. And when I first heard the story and it really came with the video, the video of uh, people or guys just standing around kind of heckling him mm-hmm. about dating a transgender woman. And I didn't really like from the context of the video, I couldn't really tell if it was like actual bullying or, you know, yeah. it was very difficult to tell. So I had to do a little digging and reading, which people don't like to do because <laughs> they take just the headline and kind of run with it. Yeah. So when I read the story and the transgender girlfriend was basically saying that he kind of was already suicidal, homicidal, and she left him. And as a result, he committed suicide. Um, apparently he was kind of abusive to her. And um, so it's, it's really hard to kind of take any opinion at face value, especially on social media, because you really have to click on those links and you really have to read for yourself because you'll be completely misguided. So in this case, it was just tragic because clearly he had like some type of mental issues mm-hmm. um but more so because he was violent towards her and himself and if she had not removed herself um she may have been a, also a victim and that that's what like you said most people won't know because they read the headline and, and just go with it and that's another side of this like we're in a time period where trans women are getting killed daily almost rapidly and so mm-hmm. um and it's and it's and it sucks. And it's like even if you don't, let's say you don't agree with the whole transgender lifestyle, whatever. That's that's your right. on you if you don't. These are still people, and a lot of people lose sight of that and focus just on trying to identify their gender or something that that they don't agree with, and they don't get treated like people. Fair, and I feel like the thing that I personally have I struggle with is when. <sighs> And the alphabet community has come after me plenty of times, okay? okay? But I feel like what womanhood is Mm -hmm. and a part of being a woman, I don't feel like it's fair that you get to um, inject hormones and you get to, because a lot of um, transgender or gay or what have you, they are personifying what womanhood is Mm -hmm. by over-accentuating And, you know, so in this case, when they feel like, okay, well, inside, I feel like I'm a woman. And it's like, I understand that. But saying that you are it is is hard for me to take because you're not cramping every month. You don't have reproduction, reproductive issues. Um, I just recovered from having fibroids. And for those that don't know, those are basically tumor masses that are in and around the uterus. There, there are certain problems that transgender women don't have to deal with. So when you say that you're a woman, I take a little offense because I just don't think it's fair that you get to decide because I didn't have a choice in being a woman and having a uterus and every other problem that comes with being a woman. Um, and that's not to shame them because I feel like my quote in life is do whatever the fuck you want to do. Just do that shit over there mm-hmm. and we'll be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But attacking them and, and patronizing them and it doesn't make sense to me. But when they say they're a woman, it's kind of like, mm, not too much, not too much. And I, and I think it's important to point out the fact that 
like you have you take issue with that, but you still aren't against against the community because there are some people who take who no. take those words and run with it as oh she's against trans women and that's not Absolutely the case. Not. And it's like just like people try to broad stroke transgender people, people try to broad stroke. I hate using the term cisgender cisgender people who have opinions like that and that's just Mm -hmm. as bad in many ways and people need to come out of that box so i think for cisgender men is different because they are literally dying because men cannot grapple with their own sexuality absolutely women you know transgender women aren't dying because people are finding out that they have male genitals or they were born male they are dying because men cannot holistically accept that they were attracted to a man essentially mm-hmm. and so because of that and this person Maurice Willoughby you know is a part of that situation too he openly was saying yeah like I don't have a problem with that it's still a woman to me and when I was listening to the video and so I can completely agree with that it's just cisgender men um just historically have been violent yeah. towards them and that's really them fighting their desire, whether that's sexually, whatever. They're fighting that desire that they actually have for transgender women. And what do you think, like, can be done about that as, as like, a culture? I know you can only answer it so much from the perspective of a, of a woman. But, like, seeing yeah. seeing the men struggle with it from the outside looking in, like, what what would be something that if someone came to you and said, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this attraction, what would be your advice to them? Um, I would always, I I like to ask people questions because when you start asking why you really do get to the bottom of things. Like you literally just keep asking why, because when you ask, people are going to give you a surface level answer and you keep probing and you're going to get to the bottom of why, and you're going to end up somewhere in their childhood where someone maybe did something inappropriate and they didn't know how they should respond to that because maybe they were aroused, but also felt like they that shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. So sometimes those desires or kinks come from really traumatic places. Sometimes not. Sometimes they're just, attracted to transgender women but i would re- more or less ask them what is what are they struggling with with the attraction like is it that you don't like looking at them is it that um you're attracted but you've always dated women and what is it yeah. because there has to be this bottom level thing that you're struggling with there's this underlying thing that you're struggling with and so I think that would be the best thing. And also for people just to be a little more compassionate, um, compassion goes so long. And like uh, my boyfriend, for example, like I, I went out with my friend and and I told her, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm with my dude right now, but I'm on my way to your house. She said, hey, so I just moved. And just to let you know, my my roommate is gay. And I was like, oh, you didn't need to have to put out like a PSA. Like, he's cool. Like, nothing's going to happen. But the fact that they have to keep doing that because of their safety, they have to make sure that the cisgender man is okay with their company. Um, And and just the text threw me off because I was like, oh, my God, like, that's a thing they have to ask. So um, it's just it's going to require a lot of work. And I think that for men who 
men and women who don't understand it or don't respect it, it's just, just give them a basic respect of a human and then everything sorts itself out. Yeah. And I think like, uh, you kind of said it at the beginning of this, like what people do with their free time is their business. And we invest so much on it. Like uh, today there was a, NFL player, I forget the name, who came out as bisexual. Like, why do we expect people to announce what they do in their bedroom? I think people like to put you in a box. Yeah. That's really all it is. If And, and, and that's what struggles I have with the alphabet community is for a group of people that don't like to be marginalized, a group of people that don't like to be put in a box and labels, you're literally putting yourself in a box and label with the, all of the labels that you give yourself. And so what happens over time is society wants to put you in one or the other. Mm-hmm. Are you gay or are you straight? Are you this or are you that? So they know how to treat you. And that's really all that is. People just trying to put you in a box so that they know how to treat you. It's a, we got to do better, people. I really I, That's really what it all comes down to is we got to do better at treating each other like people. And I think once you say compassion... It goes, like you said, it right. goes a long way. And once we start focusing on that, we don't always have to agree with everyone's decisions, but there's still a human in front of you. And once you're able to get to that point and show that compassion, everything else becomes so much more simpler. And I'll be transparent here. There was a period in time where I guess I would have been labeled as homophobic. I didn't want gay people around me, any of that. Um, I've I've grown from that since then because it's like, what? Why? What am I worried about? They're all about? the way over there. Yeah. Yeah. Mind their business all the way over there. So. And you will come all the way to where they are just to insult them. And it's like, they're over there. Why does that even have any kind of factor into your life? Like the whole gay marriage thing, it was like, you don't give a damn about the Bible. Stop that. You don't give a yeah. damn about... Just cut it out. You're, you're using these things to give you reasons to treat somebody poorly. And you're using it wrong if you're doing that. Yeah. So they're over there minding their business scissoring do whatever they're doing over there yeah i'm just saying it's none of our business yeah, exactly well let's 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 move on to the next I, I wanted to get the heavy stuff out the way first so we can get lighter and have a little bit more fun yay. um yay let's so the next topic is 12 percent 12 percent of adults have had sex at work and i'll actually i'll put the article that i read that on in the description of the podcast while you guys are listening to this but what do you what do you just think about that raw number i'm i honestly I thought it was it was lower than what I, I was expecting. One, I need to know, um, are those black people yeah. or white people? Because I, I need to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> because niggas do not play those kind of games. Because they don't you know want to get saying? fired. They have bills due every month. Exactly. Bills don't give a damn about your sex life. But um, that number is... Mm, I mean, I guess that's what, what I would assume... Because I feel like, yeah, there are a lot of people who spend a considerable amount of time at their jobs, mm-hmm. so they build all of these little strange relationships and, you know, make it a little risque here and there or whatever. Um, because, I mean, I feel like that's a fantasy thing. Yeah, I, It's not like, oh, I just need some dick right now and I can't wait. Like, no, I think it's just people trying to live out some weird fantasy and kind of just doing it. I wouldn't, cause bills be due. But ain't nobody got time to be getting fired. Like that's not my at thing. all. Yeah. Not written up. Mm-mm. Nothing. Mm-mm. Some people already on a their second write up. So. <laughs> what do you What do you feel about about public in general? Like, um, 
<laughs> I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's fun when it's tasteful. Um, trying to fuck in front of everybody is kind of ridiculous to me. Uh-huh. But, you know, when you can be a little, you know, have a little je ne sais quoi about it and it's, it's, it's done with taste. And I think that it's fun. It creates memories and it's sexy. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I, everyone should you? experience. I'm, I'm all for it. My thing is, I'm just not at work. That's like the, the like if you True. if you are a, have the ability to sneak off and no kids can see you, do what you do. Like, okay, that's you're that's right. that's where I think my mental thing is is like because if you're like at Six Flags, you know there's gonna be kids to see you. That's just that, no word. So word. Um, that's why I said when it's done with a little finesse, some class, a little taste. It's fun. Have you ever but, caught I mean, anyone? Don't be at fucking Epcot <laughs> <laughs> pulling your dick out. That's not... See, that gets you put on a list. And then you can't list. get off the list. That gets you put in jail. That too. So, so, yeah. Yeah. No. Time and place for everything. Time and place. Have you ever Have you ever seen someone publicly? Seen. Um, outside of the beach, because, you know, I'm in Miami, and Miami Beach is right there. So, I mean... There's a lot of fellatio that happens on the beach from time to time. That's normal, in my opinion. Little ass eating here and there. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Um. No, but they think they're being discreet by putting like a towel over their head. Just stupid shit. Oh, but okay. Again, children are at beaches sometimes, yeah. so it really just be classy. <laughs> be classy. So yeah, yeah, and you know, I mentioned when if and when I feel like it goes too far is when kids can see it. I guess you agree with that as well. Yeah, because, I mean, then <laughs> kids are seeing... Okay, first of all, kids are already pre-exposed to sex. Like, I knew what sex was, and I was like, fuck. Oh, wow. Granted, I didn't do it, but I knew what it was. And so um, I feel like a lot of kids do, especially now. We have the interwebs, and it's there. Yeah. But I also wouldn't just be in front of a child doing inappropriate shit because, one, it's traumatizing, and, two, you could just end up in jail. Yeah, and, and we all r- realize how traumatizing it was when we like walked in or our parents or heard them. Like, imagine if it's not even your parents. Like, that's traumatizing enough, right? Because it's like, ma'am, I'm at Golden Corral. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> okay, well, I can't say that I've ever experienced that on a trip to Golden Corral, but you know, hey, to each their People own. People get frisky, you know, they get full. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so <laughs> the next one is a really good one. And this one actually came from you. And this one is about love languages. Do you want to yeah. present this one or you want me to? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, so I wanted to have a discussion about love language because I feel like there's discussions being had about it. I just don't know how genuine it is. Mm-hmm. Right. So. The term love language is basically like a communication that you have either with your essence and the way that you are, the way that you think, the way that you feel, the way that you accept love and give love. Um, So everybody is so content on, oh, the person has to know my love language and Mm -hmm. understand my love language. And a lot of that comes from people wanting other people to complete them. And so I wanted to discuss it because, one, I feel like people don't personally know what their love language is. Mm -hmm. They don't, they only know what love isn't. Okay. I 
I feel like you learn first what love isn't, mm -hmm. and then you start to fill in the pieces. So how are people supposed to know your love language when you don't know your love language? Yeah. Did, so did you, did you, you and your boyfriend have a conversation about love languages? Like, have you guys had that conversation? Um, we haven't. Um, but he was my friend for a, a substantial amount of time. So it was really gr gradually from a friendship into okay. a, a relationship. But we did go through a portion of our relationship where, I mean, it wasn't like an infidelity, anything like that. But there was a lot of miscommunication as far as expectations. Okay. Because we don't always vocalize what we expect. We just telepathically think people should just know what we need and want by being around us. And that's not enough. You know what I mean? Just being around me isn't enough. Yeah, you're around me this amount of time and you may see you may see me do a thing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm I'll do something else. Mm -hmm or I feel a different way, or I'm moody on these days more than others, or whatever the case is. Um, so we never had a conversation about it until we were at each other's throats. You know okay. what I mean? That's when you really start vocalizing what your love language is, is normally through arguing, mm -hmm. because through an argument, you really find out what people think about you sometimes. Yeah, yeah that is true. And you're like, oh shit, I didn't even know. <laughs> you thought I was X, Y, Z. And um, it's only when you like cool down and you're like, okay, so this is what I meant. And this is, and that's when you have the discussion yeah. of the love language. Or I don't like when you speak to me like this. And um, just, just today, no, yesterday, um, me and my boyfriend went to the gym, like in our complex. And on the way back, he was walking ahead of me, like quite a bit. You can't even tell we were together. He was just dripping in sweat. He's walking fast and mm -hmm. everything. And I was exhausted. I was exhausted. And um, so I was I was lagging behind. But he hadn't even looked back to see if I was back there. Oh, wow. You know, he just went upstairs and whatever. So when I got upstairs, now, I could have made a big deal. Mm -hmm. I could have been like, how dare you leave me back there? And blah, blah, blah. But I said, you know, that didn't make me feel good that you left me behind. And I know you didn't do it purposely. I know you weren't trying to hurt me or, you know, do something to upset me. But I need you to know that it bothered me that you would leave me behind. And he was like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize because my adrenaline was pumping and I just wasn't even thinking. And and he was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. And I was like, it's OK. I know you didn't do it on purpose. I just wanted you to be aware. And that was it. There was no argument. That's so powerful. And that's some, some place that I need to get is because. I think a lot of times when people argue, they go into thinking that their feelings on what caused the argument was the mm -hmm. intent of the other person. And the fact mm -hmm. that you were able with your boyfriend to realize, you know, this is how I felt. I know that wasn't your intent, but this is how I felt right. um, is important. That's great communication. A lot of people can't communicate that way. They get so caught up in their feelings that they then think that, oh, because you made me feel this way, that had to be your intent. And now I'm even more mad. And so. Right. I had this conversation with my homegirls over the weekend, this past weekend, and we actually got into like a heated debate. And like how I am right now, being compassionate is new. You know, mm -hmm. this is a part of my evolving. And we really don't argue. And I hate to say that, like, you know, it's like this unicorn relationship. I really don't. And um, it's because like if you're a part of my life, whether that's your, you're my friend, family, whatever, I love you. 
and I can't unlove you because you do things I don't like. And when I lead with compassion, like I said earlier, leading with, I know you didn't mean that. Like, I know you weren't trying to upset me or hurt me, but this is the result of your action. It made me feel like that. And allow that person an opportunity to say something. Or maybe he was like, you know, actually, I walked ahead of you because you was pissing me off. Yeah. It still allows room to say, this is why. Instead of, because the moment you go, well, you know, you, you're the defense. Yeah. Anybody. Because you're changing your tone with me, you're yelling at me, um, and you're belittling me, and, you may, and you're only going on your emotions, which are fickle. Your emotions may be up and down. So I feel like when you lead with compassion and just kind of come to people like, I love you, and I know this wasn't your intent. Yeah. And that allows them to kind of not be on the defense. Like, okay, she know I'm not trying to fuck her over. She's upset. Now, you're not arguing with how I'm upset with you. You've gotten right to why I was upset. Okay. And so it does both things. It does two things. Yeah. So you 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 just taught me something. I'm I'm like you giving me mini therapy right now. So I'm writing that down. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, I I know I, I've turned this into me trying to gain understanding and kind here, of got off man. of it. <laughs> I'm here. But um, as far as like to get back with, with the love languages, um, mm-hmm. I don't understand mine. I'm just gonna be 100 percent honest and transparent. Because okay. like, me looking at the list, I always say I don't like. I feel like because I was asked this on another podcast. I honestly feel like my love language is space. And by that, hmm. wait, let me explain. Because anytime okay. I, I say that, people make that face. And then, so I don't mean space away from you. I mean, give me the space to be me. Give me the space to be human. Hmm. Give me the space to make mistakes. Give me the space to be flawed. Give me the space to sometimes just say, look, I effed up. Give me that space. Mm-hmm. And in that, in you understanding, hey, this, he's trying to work through it, that's mm-hmm. love to me. Because it's difficult to step back and give someone the space to be those things sometimes. When I'm given that, to me, that's love. So I'm going to ask you a question. Why do you need space to be yourself? Maybe that's, maybe that's the better question is why do I need space to be myself? Because if you can't be you close mm-hmm. and you feel like separation is going to make people be closer and give you more understanding, then you're already losing. You understand? Like, so in your case, I would kind of just say, figure out what it is that you need necessities. Okay. Um, the wants and the likes, they come and go. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We're, we're humans. We're forever wanting. You always want some shit, yeah. but if you figure out the necessities, the have to haves, like I have to have X amount of time I, in my past relationship or some niggas ago, um, <laughs> I remember telling him that I don't like to be talked to right after I come from work. Right. Okay. As soon as I come in, it's like, Oh, and then I'm like, you have no idea what I've been dealing with all day. And I just need a decompression moment. So after this hour is over, we're going to get right into it. And he didn't like it. He didn't like it. Because I want to know how your day was and I want to, you know, and it was a real challenge at the time because he was one, not used to a woman like, I don't need that much. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't require that much. Um, And also on the other end of that, it was, oh, well, you don't want to talk to me for an hour. I don't want to talk to you for an hour. See, that's petty. I don't, I hate that. This is what I'm saying. (laughs) There's no understanding. And I didn't understand 
really why I needed that that hour. And that's why I'm telling you that. Okay. Because I didn't need it over time. Like, I don't need it now. Like, the niggas can come home right now, and I'll be at the door like, let me tell you this shit. Okay. I'm the one being overbearing. But until he tells me that ain't it, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I know that I created that I need a one-hour, you know, little reprieve after work. Because I was living in my head and taking work home with me and thinking about what I got to do the next day. And, oh, I've been dealing with this supervisor and my coworker and just stupid shit that doesn't matter. And I made someone go so far away from me mm. just so I can deal with shit I left. Just so I can mentally grapple with, okay, I actually am home now. Now I can take off the work and I can take off the this. And it just wasn't fair to that person. It wasn't until years passed and I was like, okay, that was probably shitty. Yeah. But growing pains, you you don't know your love language. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of that comes from just not knowing yourself. So, yeah, there are parts of you that you probably don't, don't want people touching. Like, I read a book. And they, they refer to it as thorns and everybody has it. And when you get too close and people get too close to your thorns, you warn them. Yeah. You know what? Don't say this shit. Cause you're going to set me off. Don't do this. Don't talk to me this way. You set all these rules so you can, everybody can avoid your thorns. Yeah. Set all these rules. And then instead of just removing the thorn, you keep adjusting life and making people adjust to you. And it's crazy. Yeah. You don't even think, Maybe I should just remove the thorn and then people won't be touching it and I won't be hurt every time people do this. Um, we just build new ways to have people stay away from our thorns. So I think with the love language, it's going into the ugly, ugly places, being alone with yourself with no distractions, really figuring out like who you are, what you want. So when you get to someone, they either going to feel that criteria or they're not. And I feel like the the more we do that, the better this, it sounds corny and cheesy, but the better this world is going to be because you have individual people that know exactly where they stand. Yeah. You don't have enough of it. Look, look at you coming in and psychoanalyzing me. All, no, I'm just playing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that was, that was, that was books. a bar. I know. I, I, I know. I know. I already know. Um, Anything left in love languages? Anything else that you want to speak about? Nope. I said everything. My throat hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next topic that we got, this one is, um, I kind of threw it on here because of a, a post that I saw. And someone mentioned how monogamy is not natural and said that we're all meant to be polyamorous. And that just threw me for a loop. But then I started Ooh. thinking about it deeper and how I like wanted to refine the thought to, to talk about it here. And so the, just the way that I kind of, came to it and we can talk about it and however it works out but should people start yeah. embracing the idea of polyamorous relationships to avoid the temptation of cheating what do you think about that um no yeah thank you because people cheat and <laughs> even look people fuck up all the time in whatever situations because people are gonna people and trying to play these little games to prevent people from cheating like you can't avoid that yeah that's your intent you're going to do it. And getting in a polyamorous or any other amorous, it's not going to make a difference, I don't feel like. And I feel like when people kind of make that claim that it's probably better to get into one of those type of relationships, 
um, so you know what's going on and there's a sense of transparency and blah, 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 blah. And that is not normal to, or natural to be with one person. And like, particularly, I have a problem with black men that do that. When black men say, oh, well, you know, because this is how I was in the motherland. <laughs> oh, like, my God. The whole tips. I hate that. Because you know how much shit that came from the motherland that you don't agree with and that you won't do right now? Mm -hmm. But you only selectively do it when it's about sex and women. But when it's about all of the other cultures, all of the other rules or all of the other lifestyles, you're not with that. Cherry picking what you want to fit you the same way people do the Bible sometimes. Mm -hmm. Cherry picking what you want is not gonna make the situation better. It's just people cheat. I don't. I don't know. How to say that. What yeah, do you think? No, I agree with you. I think that like people are, especially younger people. I feel like, and I don't mean to age ageism anybody, but I feel like now it's becoming the thing where it's like cool to be in open relationships, and it's like really people do it to avoid being hurt, or people do it to avoid hurting someone, and really you're not you're not being true with yourself. You're not being honest with what the actual problem is. And because of that ends up turning it into something else later down the road. Like it's, I feel like it's a bandaid. Like for some people it works. I don't want to like completely shit on the idea, whatever folks, people's boats for some people living that life truly works for them. But I feel like more so than anything else. Now, a lot of people are just adapting that type of lifestyle to either they're, they're hurt over being cheated on in the past um, they fear being cheated on it just in general. They saw their parents cheat on each other or something like that. And they go into that poly thing and it's like, it's not going to work for you, sis. It's not going to work. Um, did you catch the interview with Jadena on the breakfast club? I did not check it out. Cause okay. he was talking about being a part of a relationship. I'm not sure if it's polyamory or polygamy. I'm not sure. But, um, he was basically saying where his woman had someone else and he had someone else, but it was hurting him mm -hmm. like it was so painful for him to even know that she's sharing her body her life her love whatever with this like they were the main couple him and her but outside of each other they had these other relationships that everyone knew about and he was just saying that um and, and Charlemagne, of course is yeah. like oh man how you gonna allow that man <laughs> you know and i wouldn't be with that and all that other crazy shit because um we are sold the idea that women, women's promiscuity is bad. Women having sex with more than one person is bad. Um, so when men do it, it's, it's like, oh, okay, you know, some men do, and that's from the motherland, and they had a bunch of wives, mm. and whatever. When women do it, she is faulty. She's wrong. She's bad. Something is wrong there, and a man shouldn't tolerate it. Yeah. And it's just strange how we see that. And, and in this case, he absolutely cared. He was saying, like, I was broken. I was hurting so bad. I have so many tattoos, but none of it compares to the pain that I felt just knowing she was with somebody else. And he did that for a couple years, you know? <laughs> and, and that's, like, just knowing that he felt that kind of pain but because of whatever he may have felt or connection he had with that person, mm. he was willing to endure it. He was willing That's to just, just wow. Oh, 
okay. And the fact that he was open enough to admit that, because there are a lot of people who wouldn't even admit that they felt that pain. Then. Men don't even like to admit they got cheated on. So let's start there. That is that is a fact. That is a fact. They just say she a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I got to see that interview now. I'm probably going to go watch it as soon as we Yeah, check it out. It's really good. Pretty right. good. I love... is. He's a. I love hearing him talk. He's a very eloquent person. When he came out with Classic Man, I was like, you know... This nigga right here is onto something. <laughs> I was like, I, I like this. Yeah, yeah. So we are going to get into our break. And when we're going to come back, we're going to do uh, what you guys expect from Love, Lesson, Badass Song. And that's going to be we're going to answer some listener emails. So. Hey, guys, it's your girl, Beck Easy. Hi, everybody. It's your girl, Joanne. Hey, guys, it's Trell, and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat, where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right, so we are back from break, and we are going to dive into these emails. Uh, Miss Tanya D is going to read off the first one, so go ahead. Ooh. All right. So the first listen question, I'm not sure who it came from, but I'll go ahead and read this. Um, like this last panel episode, tons of gems dropped, but I have a burning question. Keep in mind that it's been expressed that ability to be vulnerable around women, around a woman, I'm sorry, is the criteria for making her the down chick. Hmm. What are the characteristics that make men walk away from her? Women are more so programmed to stay in situations because the things they've gone through with an individual. But I see more often that men are not programmed that way. What gives men the push to just walk away? I was just talking about this. Mm. Um, the push to just walk away, especially when the woman is not particularly confrontational or harming him emotionally or physically. Thanks, Mercy. Who, child, that was a lot of questions. Yes, um, that was. So just to kind of give you, like in the last episode, we had a discussion panel on like when being the down ass shit goes wrong for women or, oh, being, or being or being the safe place for a man, but not having that safe place for yourself as a woman comes into play. So that's where this question comes from. Okay. Um, what gives them the ability to walk away from? Uh, listen, we be fucking up. That's what I'm going to say. Ability? Like he's incapable of doing yeah. it? <laughs> like, what? Um. Good. I no, have thoughts. I mean, it's just what gives men the push to just walk away. I think that ultimately, um, like, I don't know if it's the idea. And I've said something about this before. I feel like women's love, a man judges a woman's love sometimes by how much bullshit they're willing to put up with. And that's what would be like, you've put up with X, Y, Z, so I know you love me and it's stupid. Um, but men, on the other hand, I feel like I don't, I don't know if we're judged that same way. And I just think that we don't have that same mindset a lot of times men will get caught up in oh well tanya down the street has a big ass or oh ashley over like and and that they'll get distracted by that and think the grass is greener just because of of things that really don't matter like that like it yeah. says nothing about what they do for your mental health nothing about men just really don't i sometimes don't think about that i and i don't know if i answered the question i feel like i may have talked a little bit around it but that's just kind of where my <laughs> mind went um I, I guess the way that the question is framed is interesting too, because they're basically explaining like, okay, when women 
Okay, like you said, a lot of times women's value is depending on what we can endure and for how long. You see those posts on Instagram, which are so fucking embarrassing. When a guy's like, oh, we've been through our ups and downs, cheating. Yeah. We've been through our ups and downs, and I'd be like, nigga, you're the down. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, we've been through our ups and downs, but she's always been here for me. You know, she paid my rent when I ain't have it. And she, a whole list of shit that she has done to support him. And, and men really see that as like, oh shit, she's like a down ass bitch. Like she really stuck it out with me. And that comes from the way that women, uh, our relationship has been to men. It's always been to the aid of. Okay. Women are treated as the accessory and not the addition to life. If men treated women like life, like they do their mother, uh, any woman in their life, they see them as life. Boys feel very, very special about their grandmas, mm-hmm. like specifically. Yeah. So I know you're capable of loving that way. And you don't need grandma to be a down ass bitch. You don't need your mom to be a down ass bitch. But when it comes to a woman that you lay with, suddenly the stakes have gone through the roof and you need to tolerate X, Y, Z. But I think a lot of that comes from what our mothers endured and what our mother teach us. Like my mother is a very independent, like, yeah, but she almost said verbatim, like, don't be with a man that's not going to do nothing for you. And I'm like, true, true, because, you know, I don't want no broke-ass man. (laughs) But also, I'm not trying to get a man to provide. I'm not trying to get... Because there was a time where a woman couldn't even buy a house without a husband. If she walked into a realtor, he was like, where's your husband? Yeah, I can't even sell you a house. So the fact that women couldn't be independent, they had to endure. They had to, to, to live stability. That's why grandma knew about the other family across town being a down ass grandma <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and, and she stayed. And it's only when you get old and you're like, grandma, why did you get in the sand? Yeah. And a lot of times they weren't in love. It was circumstantial. It was like, okay, I met you for two weeks and my daddy not going to let you hunch me without you <laughs> marrying me. <Yeah. laughs> you have to marry me and we have to get a house. And so a lot of women were being that down ass chick out of necessity. And so now we're in a different space. So you have women who are being educated, like out of this world, you have them in great careers. A lot of them are making more money than men, but the mentality hasn't changed for a lot of women. It's still like, well, I still have to endure yeah. because that's kind of, and even the, the way that older women talk, like oh, men just going to be men. You're giving them a pass yeah. for their behavior. And then your value is how long you can stay there. Wow. And, and and so now that's why it's easy for a man to walk away because we don't put those standards on men and men don't need us that way. They need us, but they don't know how they need us. So when women play into it with a man, meaning you get into a situation, you know that it may not be good for you or your kids or whatever, and women stay, you're inherently telling the man, this is what I'm willing to endure to keep you. Wow. And I mean, that's why men don't walk away. Because, I mean, that's why it's easier for a man to walk away because he don't have to be a down ass bitch. It's really as simple as that. He can just go be with somebody else and she will do the same thing you did. Yeah. You Damn. think, you're okay, I'm domesticated and I don't be out in the club and I'm a homebody. And you have women who will shit on other women. I don't wear clothes like that. And Aisha Curry. 
Okay. Yeah. Same thing. Not to say that he was doing anything to her, but the way that she was like, look, I'm a good wife and I love my man and I do this and I don't wear that. And, you know, and shaming women, women that do. And that doesn't help either. But I feel like men can walk away from things that don't really hold them down. So, I mean, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of the Rolling Stone and like you, you mentioned families down the street, like it's, I wonder how much of that is like, I don't want to say genetic memory because that kind of takes away the onus <laughs> over. But seriously, it's just like we do have the mindset of, oh, OK, I find somebody else. And that's not cool. Even if he loves her to death. Yeah. Men don't do things because they hate women. They don't hate the woman that they're with. They just make poor fucking decisions. It's not like I'm going to, you know, have sex with this woman uh, behind this dumpster <laughs> because <laughs> I hate her so much. No, I'm doing it because I'm impulsive. I can't control myself. Um, all of these other reasons. But when, when when it happens to us, we're like, something's wrong with us. Yeah, We're broken. We always bring it back to us. Something's wrong with me. And it's just, I wish more women thought this way so that they can also leave situations that don't help them either. Like, you should be able to walk the hell away the same way that he does. There you go. Well, I, that one's done. We're going to put a pin in that. That one's done. The fork's in that one. Uh, we're going to get into the last one, and this is the last one for today. Well, the next one, and this is the last one for today. Uh, so this email, the title was it, which, which way do I go? So it's, I've been in a relationship with my first girlfriend for years, and out of those years, we've never had any major problems till now. She cheated on me with a girl at her job, and I don't think she's over her, but she says she is. She says she wants to be with me, but there's some issues that she has to deal with after six years. I think she's just over us. My trust is fucked up and I ha and I want my relationship to work. Everybody goes through problems. But what should I do? She also listens to the podcast. Octavia. Octavia, girl, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Yeah. It's 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 it's, okay. it's great. It's, it's she's smart. She she knew what she was doing. Very, very strategic. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that you have to, you have to trust where people tell you they are. If she says it's something she has to deal with and work through, you, you need to give her the space to work through it and try to help her, especially if it's something that you feel like you guys can mend over, but you have to have that conversation. At least I feel like with her to make sure that this is something that she wants. Is this relationship still something that she wants considering where she goes through and be okay. Well, it's easy to say to be okay, but you have to, if she says, after all this, I may want to just be alone. You have to learn to find your peace with that because she is telling you what she wants. At least at that point, she's not stringing you along. That's where my mind is with it. Um, I feel like you're giving her too much emotional support in mm. this case because I feel like she violated you and you trying to figure out where your emotions lie and try to make her fit back into your heart is strange yeah. because you're putting someone else's happiness before yours like what do you i want my relationship and i understand that you love people and people fuck up like i said like people cheat and people do things but again it's not because i hate you so i'm going to cheat on you that's never really the case um it's funny i'm not funny haha -ha, but funny that it was from somebody from her job because we were just talking about sex yeah. at the job <laughs> the it all comes so together maybe she was a part of the 12 percent yeah. but um I feel like, see how you feel about the violation. Like, take out what she wants to do and this person and how she feels and if she's over. 
how do you feel about this person that that betrayed you from their character and behavior prior to that have they shown you any signs that this is just a habitual thing they will do and to me this is very uh like <laughs> convoluted and i know it is but i'm gonna say it anyway it's like <clears throat> yes there are people that won't cheat on you absolutely mm -hmm. But more time than not, especially with young people, it be an issue. It's it's an issue. And when somebody violates you in that way, it's not the actual cheating, almost, you know what I mean? Yes, it's the physicality, but it's the, you mean to tell me when I was trying to call you, you was with this person. Mm -hmm. When you say you were staying late, you were with this person. It's all of this deception and lies that come with the cheating that makes it 10 times worse. Because now you're like, okay, so wait. So when I wanted to treat you to dinner, you told me you already ate. It's because you and your coworker went off to go get something to eat and do whatever, you know what I'm saying? And you really have to figure out how you feel about that. And I understand that this is a, a long-term relationship or whatever the case is, but it's like, you really have to figure out how you feel about being violated. And then once you figure that out, people can be very remorseful. You can give a person a chance. And I feel like, honestly, outside of like smashing a family member or like a close friend, I do feel like there's room for redemption. I'm not saying, please cheat on me. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, I know that people aren't perfect. And I know that if I put these expectations on you and you let me down, my world will fall apart. And I don't live like that. You don't get to have that much power to make my world fall apart. I will be hurting. It will hurt me. I might not like it, but I'm not going to fall apart because I didn't make you superhuman because I love you. You're not this all perfect, all knowing, you know? And so when we take these people off those pedestals, when they do fuck up, it allows us to be a little bit more compassionate. So then you're talking from a completely different space. You know what I mean? I do believe people deserve the chance to redeem themselves outside of like messing with children or hurting dogs or yeah. things like that. I feel like, um, or rape, of course, like that's the most heinous shit you could do outside of those things. I feel like people deserve redemption and people can change and he, he, he or she may never do that again. But do you feel like it's worth giving a chance to, because you're writing this and this may have been the third time. Yeah. You know, so it really depends on do you feel like they deserve redemption and how do you feel about being violated? You just got all the gems this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but it's it's only stuff that and it's like I don't like to be preachy because I talk about this on my on my podcast, too. Like sometimes I don't like to be preachy, but the more that I learn and the more that I evolve. I'm so full of love and joy and understanding that I can give it away for free and it means nothing to me. I could put all this shit in a book and sell it to somebody. But right now I'm in a space where if I see that you need it, I'm going to tell you. Mm. And you do what you want to do with that because that's I just want to be in the business of service. I just want to be able to say one thing that made you go, hmm, that's it. Then I won and I'm good. I just want people to think a little bit more and not be so wrapped up in the emotion of how you feel and what's happening to you and take yourself out of it and think about things logically. You know, and I know it's a little difficult. I know that people say women aren't that logical um, and we're more emotional and so-and-so. And I believe that to a degree. Okay. But I feel like a lot of times when 
Like you wouldn't even be writing in if you knew these questions that I just asked. That is true. If you knew how you felt about being violated, if you knew that person deserved redemption, um, then you would have done it. Then you would have done it. There is no thinking. There is no trying. You would just do it because everything else you want to do, you do. But when it comes to matters of the heart, we get real scary. And you go to asking people and I want your opinion and give me this advice. And you know what you need to do. You just don't want to. So... There's that. There's that. Well, that's there's that. That's the episode. That is it. We went <laughs> through it. Uh, that on that. <laughs> great first episode, and like I said, I I appreciate Thanks. you coming through. It was it was great. As we keep our chemistry builds, it's just gonna get better and better. Because I'm gonna start learning little jokes I can make to make your eye twitch. That's that's just what I aim for. So I am very childish. <laughs> I don't know. Like if people who listen to my show, they know. Okay. I mean, I, I talk all these good things, but I'm very, very childish. So. <laughs> well, there yeah. you go. You got to stay young. Um. <laughs> so before we go, tell the people where they can find you and all that good stuff, and then I guess we'll go. Home. Oh, hit me up on the Twitter machine at I am Queen T. I am Q W E N T E. I know you want to spell Queen the traditional way, but it ain't because of me. <laughs> so um, same thing on Instagram. Don't be creepy and don't like more than four pictures because I don't know what you want from me. Ah. There you go. And you can mm-hmm. follow me at CEO Hayes. It's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. We'll actually be creating new Twitter and Instagram for the podcast going forward. Hey, so we haven't had that. Wait. Go ahead. Because another page followed me on Instagram uh-huh. <laughs> of yours. Oh, man. You saw that mess today? <laughs> Listen, that was, the, that was the craziest way to start the day. I was like, um, I thought we were already following each other, but maybe not. Listen. So. That was the weirdest thing. Like, and people are commenting like, "Oh, well, you know, you've made it now." I don't want to make it if that's the case. I really don't. It's right. good. I'm Big cool changes. on that. I don't need that. Um, yeah, and it's so weird because they like literally follow like people that like family, people that know know me. So of course they're like, "Uh, uh-uh, something's not right here." I'm like, "Come on." Mm-hmm. Now. I thought it was a little strange, so I didn't even interact with it. <laughs> I was like, "That's strange," and I just keep it moving. You know what I mean? But it was it just made me laugh. <laughs> Come to find out, it was just some random. Yeah, people are so weird. People are really strange. True. Well, uh, again, <laughs> we'll be making new uh, social media for the podcast itself. But that's it. This has been another episode of the best podcast, the best adult podcast around. Which is, I'm going to drop that because it's not. It's 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 more than that now. We're evolving, so we'll we'll come up with a new okay. catchphrase. So there you go. Well, that's it. People, follow us, like us, share, subscribe, leave a, a comment and review, and let us know how you feel about the new direction. But we're out. Peace. Peace. I left my girl back home. I don't love her no more, and she'll never fucking know that these fucking eyes that I'm staring at. My scars right here